Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, and more importantly, welcome back, Giants fans, to another episode of the Say Hey Podcast, the podcast that is home to all things Giants baseball. Folks, before we dive into today's show, I would like to take a moment to let you know that you can find the Say Hey Podcast on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. If you like what you're hearing, then don't be afraid to subscribe. And if you really like the show, then make sure to leave a review. But most importantly, make sure to spread the word. With that being said, let's dive right in. How's it going, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Say Hey Podcast. I'm your host today, James Donahue, as I am for every show, and hopefully that's not a deal breaker for you. And folks, right off the bat, just want to apologize because last episode I said I was recording episode 19, but this episode right now is actually episode 19. So last week's episode was episode 18. This is 19. There we go. My apologies. Folks, for today's show, we have a good one for you. And by we, I mean me. Uh, we are going to be breaking down some of the off-season moves that I believe the Giants not only will be making, but should be making. But also explain the reason why those moves might be made in this off-season due to things that have been said throughout the Giants organization, primarily through uh, Farhan Zaidi, who's the president of Baseball Operations. He's already come out and said in several press conferences what he wants to do, what the, the off-season outlook Looks like heading into the 2021 season. And also, he's already come out and said that he wants to make the playoffs every year. So it'll be interesting to see what moves uh, we're going to be seeing uh, with this offseason. But in my opinion, I don't think we're going to be seeing a lot of moves anytime soon. Mainly because teams don't really know what their budget is going to be looking like uh, when it comes to the 2020 season. Mainly because of COVID reasons. Uh, Teams don't know. And this is definitely an individual issue because depending on what state you live in, you could possibly have different COVID rules uh, for the Giants. They don't really know how many players they'll, or excuse me, how many fans they'll, they will be allowed to have in the stadium and that affects the budget immensely. So as of right now, there is no budget planned. All we can do is speculate and talk about some moves that we think that the Giants should be making uh, in order for our team to find success for the 2021 season. So with that being said, let's go ahead and dive right into it. So first things first, before we dive into some of the offseason moves I would love for the Giants to make, there are some things that we need to address that, like I said, have been said from President uh, of Baseball Operations, Farhan Zaidi. Since the season has ended, Farhan has already come out and said, quote, it's certainly going to be a goal of ours to be a playoff team next year, end quote. So that's really exciting. He then went on to say in the same press conference, quote, in the same ways, the pain and disappointment we feel is a good thing. It's a sign of progress because we were right on the brink of it. That's how we want to feel. We want to create an expectation that we're going to compete, that this team is going to be in the playoffs. That feeling we had is going to serve as a motivation for us, end quote. With all that being said, Zaidi has openly come out and stated that the team's four main priorities are going to be starting rotation, which I agree with, obviously. The bullpen, particularly a right-handed veteran, yes, 
We also obviously need, need that catching and a left-handed bat. So with that being said, let's go ahead and talk about some options that the Giants have during this offseason. So with that being said, let's start with the offseason target that people might actually be surprised about, and that is the catcher position and adding depth to what we already have. Now, I know it might be a surprise to you that the Giants are looking to add depth at the catcher position, but the reality of the situation is Joey Bart went from double-A straight to the majors. I think the organization, where their head's at here, is that they want Bart to develop more in the minors, especially getting some experience at the triple-A level before making him a full-time player on the big league roster. And obviously, we saw that when he struck out 40 times and only walked uh, three times, I believe. So I think they want him to become more comfortable as a big league catcher and also as a big league hitter. And I just really don't think Farhan wants to put... Because here's the thing. Buster Posey's contract ends at the end of the 2021 season. And I really don't think Farhan wants all of that to be put on Joey Bart's shoulders. I think they really want to focus on the development. I don't really see Farhan putting Joey Bart into a situation where he fails. I think he was called up. Uh, The reason why he was called up this year was, A, it was a short season, and B, it was because we needed some help at that position. So so if we go out and sign a short-term deal to a veteran catcher that's familiar with how to perform at the big league level, I think that aids in Joey Bart's development. I think that also aids uh, in Posey's health. If we want to use him as a full-time DH or if we want to give him some much-needed days off, adding a an established veteran catcher and adding depth at the position helps aid in both of those situations. So with that being said, I went ahead and looked at the free agents at the catcher position, and there's a few names that intrigue me. Uh, the first one is going to be James McCann, who's a 30-year-old veteran. He's in the 88th percentile when it comes to framing to his framing abilities, which is something that we know now that the Giants organization values very much after watching all three of our catchers this year, uh, the way they were changing the game defensively at the catcher position and how it has become a high priority at trying to frame the lower strike pitches in order to get that strike. And there's a plus here. He can hit. Last year when he was an all-star for the Chicago White Sox, McCann finished the season with 18 home runs and a 237 batting average. This year, he finished the year 2020 with a 289 batting average and hit seven home runs. But the pace he was on set him up to reach 37 homers and 79 RBIs over the course of a 162-game season. So I might be saying that phrase a lot, actually. I've said it, I know I've said it a lot. Uh, already through my previous shows, and that's a 162-game season. And the reason why I say that is because we had a 60-game season this year. We had half a season. It wasn't the normal long season. A normal long season, regular season, that is, is 162 games. So whenever I say, so for example here, he was on pace to reach 37 homers and 79 RBIs over a 162-game season. Basically, all I'm trying to say is that if he played throughout a whole season. If we had a whole season, that player would have performed around these numbers. So that's pretty good. 37 homers, 79 RBIs. Do I expect him to do that next year? No, not at all. Mainly because the catcher position we know will be a platoon position. But the reason why I bring up that offensive production is because it establishes his credibility to be not only uh, an offensive performer, but it also establishes that this guy's got some pop. And so do a lot of these catchers here that I'm about to talk about. 
All right, the second option is Stephen Vogt. Yes, we are very familiar with this name, uh, and this this might be the most comfortable option considering that Vogt is familiar with the Giants. Uh, he's familiar with the team considering that he played for the Giants in 2019. And not to mention, Vote is in the 93rd percentile when it comes to framing, and he is a left-handed hitter that can definitely supply some pop. Now, when I say percentile, so I just said Vote is in the 93rd percentile, excuse me. What I'm trying to say there is that Vote frames pitches better than 93% of all catchers in the major leagues. So that's insanely high. Uh, McCann was at 88 percentile, so that's also very good as well. But Vogt's really, really good at framing, which, again, is something that the Giants are looking for when it comes to a defensive catcher. When he was a full-time catcher in, for Oakland, however, Vogt hit 18 home runs in 2015 and, and 14 in 2016. And also, not to mention, those were the two years that he was an all-star, both of them. And he does not strike out a lot, which, of course, in the game of baseball is definitely a positive. The next one, this is... We're on the older side of baseball now, but still good. Kurt Suzuki. Yes, he's 37 years old. But the reason Suzuki, Suzuki, there we go, excites me is because there aren't a lot of catchers that are elite, reliable hitters. I know that may be a foreign concept to us because we as Giants fans have been so spoiled to watch Buster Posey not only be the best hitting catcher in the league, but also one of the best hitters in the league for the past 10 years now. But outside of Buster Posey and a few outliers, of course, the catcher position throughout the entire league is pretty scarce when it comes to elite offensive production. All right, moving on to Kurt Suzuki. He is a catcher that hits the ball very well. In 2017, he hit 19 home runs for the Braves, and in 2018, he hit 12. And then in 2019, for the World Series champion Nationals, Suzuki hit 17 homers, including one off Justin Verlander during the 2019 World Series. And during those three years that I just mentioned, he averaged a 272 batting average, and he also very rarely strikes out, even more rarely than Steven Vogt. The only downside when it comes to Suzuki is that he ranks in the fourth percentile. So remember when I was talking about percentile? Suzuki ranks in the fourth. So that's obviously really, really bad in framing pitches, which might actually be a big enough turnoff for the Giants, considering what they are trying to do at the catcher position defensively. All right, the last option. Now, I say this, before I say this last player, I, I really don't expect the Giants to sign him, and that's Yadier Molina, mainly because Yadier is 38 years old and is probably thinking about retiring from the game sometime soon, and if we were to go out and sign Yadier Molina, it would be probably one of the shortest contracts in the history of baseball. I don't necessarily expect this to happen, but man, would that be crazy to have both Posey and Molina on the same team at the same time. At that point, I think Posey would just become a full-time DH because although Posey is superior defender behind the plate, you'll definitely be hard-pressed to find someone better than Yachty who has nine gold gloves. So I don't really expect the Giants to go after Yachty or Molina, but that would be this. He's a free agent. It's just a crazy scenario to think about. All right, moving on to the next priority that the Giants are looking at, and that is the left-handed hitter. So Farhan has openly stated that he wants a more balanced offense. And what he means by that is that when we face right-handed pitching, he wants to stack up as much left-handed hitters as possible. And in Farhan's opinion, he felt that when we face really, really tough 
right-handed pitching, he felt that we were lacking maybe one left, one more left-handed hitter. So that's the reason why, because honestly, we have enough depth when it comes to right-handed pitching. We could stack up every single batter, one through nine, with right-handed hitters. And Farhan wants to be able to do the same when we have right, when we face right-handed pitching. So I understand that completely. So before I read off these options, let me just give you a disclaimer. They aren't the sexiest. They aren't the most flashy. Because honestly, that's not what our offense needs. We know how good our offense is. I've been talking about it all season long. We don't need the next Bryce Harper. We don't need the next George Springer, who's also a free agent, because that's going to cost too much, and it's not meant for our plan as a rebuilding team. A big contract like that is not something that the Giants are looking to do. But we could benefit that when it comes to our pitching. As we all know, our pitching was god-awful at certain points, and it was even worse at other points. Our pitching was definitely one of our weaknesses. I'm going to go ahead and dive into that once I get through these hitters. But like I said... Before I read off these names, they aren't going to be the flashiest, but I think they have a lot of potential to be productive in our offense. With that being said, number one, Jake Lamb. Yes, that's right. And the reason why is because he has a career batting average of 313 at Oracle Park. He is someone who can play defense very well, actually. And in 2017, he only committed 14 errors, which was the same amount committed by Manny Machado that year. So hopefully that gives you some type of realm of how good of a defender he is. He could be the perfect platoon for Longoria, and he can end up being someone that's really cheap. And the best part, he has power. In 2016, he hit 29 home runs and 91 RBIs. And in 2017, he hit 30 homers and 105 RBIs. His downside? Yes, he does have a downside. And I'm going to be perfectly transparent with you. He strikes out a lot. Like, a lot, a lot. But you know what? So did Belt heading into this year. And after what these hitting coaches were able to do this season, I have no doubt in my mind... They could also help a hitter like Lamb be more selective with his pitches. Plus, it seems like something changed in Oakland. Yes, okay, so Jake Lamb was traded to the Oakland A's at the trade deadline during this 2020 season. And when he got there, he only struck out eight times in 49 plate appearances. So maybe he just needed a change of scenery. All right, moving on to the next player. And this is probably going to be the flashiest player I talk about. Oh, also, Jake Lamb is also 30 years old, by the way. Just giving everyone a reference here. Someone that's older than Jake Lamb, though, is Michael Brantley. Yes, he's 34 years old. And as I said, he might be the the most appealing, but he also might be the most expensive. His most recent contract with the Astros was a two-year deal worth $32 million, which averages to around $16 million. $16 million, excuse me, dollars per year. So I think that's still safe to say, considering that this man performs so consistently year after year. The four-time All-Star has a career batting average of 297, but over his past three years, he's averaged a batting average of 307. During that time, he also averaged 16 home runs and 73 RBIs. So he's not a big power guy, but he is an elite hitter that is consistent and hits for average primarily. So also disclaimer, every batter that I'm about to mention, they're all left-handed because that's what Farhan is looking. So these next few batters, including Brantley, they're all left-handed. Okay. Brantley, his 2019 stat line looked 
like 22 home runs, 90 RBIs, and a 311 batting average. That was last year. That's absolutely insane. But what makes him even more valuable is his 10.6 strikeout percentage. He's averaged over the past six years, which is astronomically low considering that the league average is 21.8%. This would be a very very exciting signing, but for the Giants, unfortunately, it would be something that couldn't be a long-term. So, I mean, although we might have to put up a lot of money up front for Brantley, it's not going to be for a long time. Honestly, it just might be long enough for our younger prospects uh, who who are in our systems to develop. It might be a good move here considering that not only does he add depth to our outfield, he adds depth to our lefty hitting, but he would be an everyday starter and he would be a very, very consistent everyday starter. And just to give you a point of reference, we all know how well and how consistent Donovan Solano contributed to to the offense every single day. That's exactly what this type of hitter would be doing. He would be that consistent and he would be that clutch and that successful in our offense. So if you can get a player like that in your lineup, obviously that's really, really great. He is on the older side of life. He's the same age as Buster Posey, but it would definitely be a short-term deal. Moving on to the next option is going to be another lefty outfielder, and that's Robbie Grossman, who just finished his contract with the Oakland A's. And is also another person who hits very well at or- at Oracle Park. Excuse me. Grossman has a career batting average of 323 there and has hit two doubles, two triples, and a homer in 31 at-bats at Oracle Park. He hit eight home runs this season, and he was on pace to hit 26 homers and 74 RBIs this season. His batting average of 242 obviously does not make him the most appealing option, but he could supply a lot of power off the bench or in a platoon situation against right-handed pitchers. The next outfielder is actually a name that we might be familiar with considering that we were talking, and by we, I mean the Giants were talking about going, getting this outfielder. Yes, another left-handed outfielder. That's Jackie Bradley Jr. Uh, And as I just mentioned, the Giants were already talking about getting Jackie Bradley Jr. in a trade. So why not? not have to give up anything for him and still sign him. That's amazing. Oracle Park would be an extremely fun place to play defense, which is exactly what Bradley Jr. does best. He is a phenomenal, above-average outfielder. And he has sneaky power, considering that he had 21 home runs in 2019, and he had 26 home runs in 2016. But most of all, I believe this is the perfect player slash veteran Mauricio Dubon can benefit from having on the team. Now, Dubon was not a bad fielder by any means of the word, but there were times when you could tell that he was trying to wing it out there. And by adding an above-average defender to the team, I feel like that can only help Dubon improve his defensive skills and help him become more comfortable in center field. Now, this last hitter I'm about to mention is kind of for fun. He's not a left-handed hitter, but he does hit well, primarily in Oracle Park. It is a name we are all familiar with, and that's Kevin Pillar. Not likely... But also wouldn't be surprised considering that he hit four. He had a batting average of 412 this season against us, and he's obviously familiar with the ballpark. So that would be really cool to see Kevin Pillar making plays in the outfield again. All right, that is all for the left handed pitchers. The next part is going to be our pitching. In my opinion, this is the area that we need to improve on most. But before we dive into players that I think we should sign, I want to take this moment. To remind you all that the Giants will have Tyler Beatty back on the team in 2021. That will actually be a huge addition back from the rotation. For those of you that remember, 
Tyler Beatty was slated to be the young stud in the Giants rotation, but the right-hander got shut down before the season started due to Tommy John surgery. Beatty finished the 2019 season with a 5.08 ERA. I know that's not good, but wait. But as for the month of September that season, Beatty failed to give up any runs in three of his last five starts, and his velocity on his fastball was able to reach 98 miles per hour towards the end of the 2019 season. The Giants organization is very hopeful that the 27-year-old will be able to contribute in a big way, not just during the 2021 season, but also for the long-term future. Now, let's dive into people we need to sign. First off, Kevin Gosman, Drew Smiley. They want to come back to the team, and also Farhan has stated that he wants them back on the team. So there is a very mutual agreement with both of those studs. We love those guys. There's no reason not to like them. They are strikeout machines, and they definitely set our offense up for success. So those are my one-two. I would love to sign both of these guys. After that is a name that a lot of you might be familiar with due to his success wearing a Arizona Diamondbacks uniform, and that is Robbie Ray. Now, if you followed Robbie, Robbie Ray this year, despite having a down year, Ray still managed to produce 11.85 strikeouts per nine innings. His career at Oracle Park, though, consists of a 3.54 ERA and a strikeout per nine of 12.71 in eight starts there at Oracle Park. The man completely has dominated us in big ways, and the best part is that he is only 29 years old. I think he's younger than Yaz. I think Yaz is 30 years old now. Robbie Ray Ray is 29. Wow, that is a tongue twister. I fully believe the Giants can get a discount here, mainly due to his uncharacteristic ERA this year of 6.62. But the reason why I like him the most is because he is a hard-throwing lefty and he can get a lot of strikeouts. Sound familiar from Drew Smiley? Yes, absolutely. But maybe we can even get him cheaper than Drew Smiley. If we can add an arm like that to to our arsenal, I think the Giants rotation would be very, very lethal. Now, this is kind of a a random name that we probably haven't heard a lot recently, mainly because he opted out for the 2020 season, and that's 30-year-old Marcus Stroman. I really don't think the Giants are going to go out and sign Stroman, mainly, mainly because of how expensive he will be to acquire. But if they did, he would definitely be an upgrade to our rotation, considering that he had a sub-3 ERA in the 2020, excuse me, 2019 season for the Mets, and... Although he doesn't have blow-away strikeout stuff, he does know how to get through innings. He, kn- he knows how to eat through innings, and he knows how to get wins. The best comparison I can give to Marcus Stroman is Zach Greinke now, where Zach Greinke doesn't have a lot of strikeout stuff, but Zach Greinke really, really knows how to get through the innings. He knows how to use the arsenal that he has to his advantage. To his advantage, although it's not 98 mile per hour stuff, it's still 93, 94 mile per hour stuff with a lot of location with the off speed pitching. I really, really like Marcus Stroman here, although, as I mentioned, he might be too expensive for a rebuilding team. Now, moving on to the last priority, and that is our relievers. Now, I mentioned that we are going to be getting Tyler Beatty back into the rotation, but someone else we are going to be getting back in 2021 is Reyes Moranta. In 2019, Moranta finished the season with a 2.86 ERA and collected 70 strikeouts and 56.2 innings pitch. If you remember, Moranta was the hard-throwing right-handed reliever who displayed a four-seam fastball around the speed of 98 miles per hour and paired that with a devastating 83-mile-per-hour slider that hitters can only produce a 125 batting average against. 
His presence in the Giants' bullpen will help fill the need of firepower mixed with consistency, but also Farhan excuse me, Farhan has already come out and stated that he would like to go to the market seeking a veteran right-handed pitcher who can help add experience to the pen. That being said, here are the guys that I like most that are free agents. Starting with my first option, Blake Trinan, 33-year-old veteran. An established veteran who is familiar with the ninth inning considering that he recorded 38 saves in 2018 and finished that season with a 0.78 ERA and also finished sixth in AL Scion voting that year. Also, he has postseason experience, not just this year. Yes, he's a reliever on the Dodgers this year. So if you get a chance, watch some Dodgers games this year, and he's definitely going to be used, and you can see what we're dealing with, or you can see what could possibly be on our team. But all this to say, Trinan has the experience to work in the late innings of a game, and he is used to having the light shine bright on him whenever he steps on the mound, which, in my opinion, is exactly what we need since the Giants relievers managed to give up 23 runs in the ninth inning this year. I think that was mainly due to the lack of experience and the lack of composure in the in the ninth inning. It's a stressful job being a reliever in the ninth inning, holding on to the lead. I'm never going to try it. I'm never going to get there. I don't really know what it's like. All I know is that it is stressful. But I also know that there are a lot of relievers out there that have found success doing it. Trinan has an arsenal of four pitches that consists of a sinker that averages... 97 miles per hour, pairing that with a slider, a four-seam fastball that also averages 97 miles per hour, and a cutter that averages around 94 miles per hour. Trinan's stuff is electric and hard to keep up with, and I think the Giants could really benefit from a player that knows how to hold on to the lead in the ninth and can close it down without having any worry. All right, option number two, Shane Green, 32 years old. This is another veteran who is used to finding success in the closer role. Green started his all-star 2019 season collecting 19 saves in the same amount of opportunities and would finish that year with 23 total saves. The reason why he didn't get a lot of saves for the second half was mainly because he was performing so well on the Detroit Tigers as their closer The Tigers decided to trade him to the Atlanta Braves because they were in a rebuilding position, but when Trinan showed up to the Braves, he was no longer a closer for that team, but he was still successful nonetheless. In 2018, for the Tigers, the 32-year-old also collected 32 saves, so he is no stranger to having the game on the line either, just like Trinan. These two right-handed veterans would add plenty of experience and composure to the late innings, and I believe they would set a tone that... Other members of the bullpen could really, really feed off of. All right, my last pick is a name that I really don't think a lot of people are going to know. And his name is Keone Kella, 28 years old. Now, as I just mentioned, I realize that might not be a name that a lot of people are familiar with. But here's why I like him. First of all, Kella has a three-pitch arsenal that consists of a 97 miles per hour four-seam fastball, an 80 mile per hour curveball, and a changeup that sits around 90 miles per hour. And the best part about Keone Kella is that in four innings pitched, now, again, he was also used as a closer for a good portion of his career. So four innings pitched also equates to four different appearances on the mound. Anyways, during those four innings pitched at Oracle Park, Keone Kella has produced an ERA of zero and has not given up a single hit or walk, and he managed to strike out four in those innings. I also like Kello a lot because I believe the Giants can sign him at a relatively cheaper price compared to the first two names I mentioned. I think if we can get two out of these three relievers, our bullpen improves exponentially. 
We add veteran presence, we add speed, we add consistency, and we add experience. Those are all very, very undervalued factors that can contribute to our bullpen who already found a lot of success during the late months of the 2020 season. All right, folks, that is going to be all for the 2021 off-season episode today. Again, this is episode 19, not the last episode. I screwed up there, but I want to thank you again for showing up to the Say Hey podcast. Your support means the absolute world to me, and I couldn't be more grateful. Folks, in this time without Giants baseball, don't worry, it'll go by fast. Please make sure you're tuning in to the Say Hey podcast every week. As of right now, I am posting once a week on Tuesdays. And on those days, my goal is to just get you content that you can listen to that can help you get ready for the 2021 season and can help get you excited. Because like Farhan said earlier in today's show, he wants to be a playoff contender every year. So I fully believe we can do that as well. And it's going to be an exciting road to get back to the playoffs. All right, folks, the last thing I will say is that you know what you can do. You can always find the Say Hey podcast on Spotify and Apple Podcasts, and you can also leave a rating and write a review if you feel so inclined on Apple Podcasts. Again, folks, the support is overwhelming, and I couldn't be more grateful. Please stay safe out there, folks. Please continue to be staying safe, and please continue to be staying smart. And in the meantime, I will see you on next week's episode again on Tuesday. All right, folks, the last thing I will say is go Giants.